Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. Today is our fourth message and might be next week, I think, is our final one. I'm not sure, but um, uh, next week it is, probably. But we want to continue with our series on the, the uh, epistle of the Philippians. And it was, it's been so great in the first two chapters. And just a slight review of last week. Last week, uh, we went over how do you really develop the humility that Jesus had and, and Timothy and Paul and uh, Epaphroditus. How do you develop that, that type of um, humility? Well, we went over two, type, two ways you can do that. One is to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, we said, and the, the second one was to uh, hold fast to the word of life. And, and uh, just that one, that work out your salvation, we said that you can't work for your salvation, you can work out your salvation, sort of like sanctification. And, and it's a scripture that I think that, that, that's very interesting. It's, it's Second Peter so uh, in Second Peter chapter 1, uh, if you can kind of get it, it's not in my, my notes, what's in mine, but it's not in the, yeah, it's in, no, it's not in yours. It's not in the sound booth message, but uh, anyway, uh, this, is a, this is something that I think it will interest you. You've seen it before, but whether you have really thought about, well, hmm, I wonder how this relates to the message he is teaching. Well, this is a message where Peter was talking to the church. And, and, and in verse 10, after he had given them uh, some things there that they need to continue to work on, um, like diligence, be diligent in, in uh, your moral excellence and knowledge and self-control, perseverance, godliness, brother kindness, and those things in love. And he says in verse 10, Therefore, brethren, be all the more diligent to make certain about his calling calling and choosing you. For as long as you practice these things, and these things was what it went over uh, starting in verse 4, and these things, if you practice those things, you'll never stumble, you'll never fall, you'll never fail of success and happiness. Happiness in, in Jesus Christ because you'll be doing what he wants you to do. And verse 11 is, is really cool. It says, for in this way, the entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will be abundantly supplied to you. So when you say work out your salvation, that, that is just Peter saying the same thing. He says that be diligent to uh, add to your moral excellence, um, knowledge, to your knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, and godliness, brother kind, brother kind, love. And he says that if these qualities be yours and, and is increasing in you, then uh, you won't be uh, unfruitful and useless in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. He was saying all that before he said what I just read. But you think, said, well, an interest to me, to, to the eternal kingdom, going to be, uh, are going to be so wide and abundantly supplied. Yeah. Yeah, that's what he said. So he's saying, work out your salvation because in your practice, 
everybody practices. If you're an athlete, you're going to practice because what you want to do is when, when, when you got a goal that you're practicing for, whether it's golf, whether it be tennis, whether it be uh, volleyball, whether it be um, whatever it is, you're practicing so you can get better at it so you can achieve a goal, not that you're not, uh, like let's say, a pro- professional uh, tennis player. Does he practice? Yeah, he's already good. He's already ten- he's, a, he's a tennis pro. But still, like at a country club, they have pros who, who teach you, uh, but they have to practice so they can get better and better and better, so they can work out some of the, some of the uh, kinks in their, in their game. And that's what he says, work out your salvation. So that was, that was last week. This week, we're going to be in uh, chapter 3. Most of the time, we're going to maybe refer back to chapter 2 one time, maybe. So let's look at... Um, Philippians chapter 3. Let's go there. He says, finally, and finally doesn't mean that he's, he's, he's ending. It, <laughs> it really doesn't. Uh, he said, finally, that means for the rest of the things, for the, for, as for the rest, and that's what it finally means. My brethren, rejoice in the Lord. What's the, what's the, the, the theme of Philippians? Uh, Philip, uh, <laughs> what's the, what is the theme of Philippians? Joy. Joy. Rejoicing in the Lord, having joy. So he says it, he says it so many times. This is actually the twelfth time he's, he's used that, that phrase or that word. Finally, brother, rejoice in the Lord. I write these things to you, the same things again. It's no trouble to me. And it is a safeguard for you. Now think about it. A lot of times, I know in Christianity, when I first came into Christianity, uh, I, was, I was amazed, and I thought this was what people do all the time, is go from place to place uh, looking for, uh, we hear this person had an excellent message. I mean, this person is, is a woman of God, man of God, whatever it is. So we kind of, let's, let's go over here and hear this person. Let's go to Richmond to hear this person. Oh, man, I hear this, but I hear this. Fine. Let's go to Danville to hear this message. Let's go over here to hear this. Because you're looking for something, something deep. Look for, oh, man, they got a deep message, man. I've never heard that like that before. Let's go over there and hear that. You know, you're looking for something that you haven't heard before. Well, how many know that? God says the same thing from Genesis to Revelation. He just says it differently. He really does. When you, when you get to reading like the Gospels, you say, man, you know, I just read Matthew. Mark's saying the same thing. Basically, Luke, same thing. John, he's saying a little bit different. Not covering the same material, but just the same thing. The epistles, same thing. And here he says, I write to you the same thing. So obviously he said this to them before. So he says that, but it's no trouble for me to do this. It's no trouble. But it's a safeguard for you. Because how many of you know when you hear something one time, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to do it that time. If you have teenagers, you know what I mean. 
or children, you know what I mean. You know, just because you say something to them one time, it doesn't mean that they're going to obey you, does it? doesn't mean it. Did you hear what I said? Oh, 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 no. Well, what did you say? I said cut the TV off and go to bed. That's what I said. Oh, okay, okay, all right, okay. Can I finish watching this? No. <laughs> no, can't do that. I, I, I think it's so great to me. I had never put together what he said in Second Peter about adding to your, be diligent to add to your more excellence, this, 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 and all those type of things. I said, well, what, why do I need an entrance to the eternal kingdom abundantly open to me? I mean, if you're saved, you're going to get in. I don't think it's a crack. I don't care whether it's a wide door. I don't care how it is, you're getting in. But evidently, it must be important. Because he said it. It must be important. And then, when you come here in Philippians, and Paul says the same thing to them, but just in a different way. Work out your salvation. Work it out. Why do I have to work it out? I got it. You're not going to have something if you don't work at it. You're not going to be, well, I keep, you're not going to be like Jesus. If you don't do it. Then he tells them the same thing. He said, beware of the dogs. Okay, we have a dog down here. So uh, I'm not talking about that dog. They, uh, and I'm not talking about domesticated dogs. You know, actually, they call uh, the, the Jews call the, the Gentiles dogs. That's, that's what they used to say, dogs. He said, beware of the dogs. Beware of the evil workers. Beware of the false circumcision and see, said it three times. So you said, well, you don't have to tell me the same thing three times. You told me to beware. All you had to do is say, beware of the dogs, the evil workers, and false circumcision. You don't have to say beware three times. But see, he wanted, he wanted them to get it. Beware. 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 He was talking about the same people. The evil workers are the same as the, as the, as the dogs. Um, but he, he, he's changed it around because... See, usually Jews call the Gentiles dogs, and so the Philippian church, he's saying that we're going to call you, you Judaizers, who, you who want to, want, want to uh, mutilate the flesh, you who want to say that circumcision uh, is necessary for salvation, you are dogs. Then he says in verse 3, For we are the true circumcision who worship in spirit, in the spirit of God, and the glory, and glory in Christ Jesus, and put no confidence in the flesh. So that's, how, that's what he is saying to the ones who are trying to say, well, you need to, you need to get circumcised. If you're not circumcised, uh, you, you, you can't be saved. You can't be saved. And he said, no, 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 uh-uh. No, no, don't, don't be telling the Gentiles and calling them dogs. I'm going to tell you, we're going to call you dogs. You know, because you're trying to uh, uh, bite and devour uh, the church. You can't do that. Then he says in verse 4, although I myself might have confidence in the flesh. Uh, uh, you know, there is no confidence in the flesh. So then he goes on this, this, this uh, that's a good word, resume about who he, who he really is if he wants the glory in the flesh. Now, what did he say? Oh, 
circumcised, verse 5, circumcised the eighth day. Of the nation of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to the righteousness which is in the law, found blameless. So that means that he never made a mistake. It just means that he dealt with it and went on like he was supposed to deal with it as far as the, the uh, Jews were concerned, the Pharisees were concerned. So he's saying that, uh, man, if, you, if you're looking for some pedigree, if you're looking for some, you know, um, a plaque on the wall, you know, I got it. Now, how would we do that? How, how, how would we uh, say, well, hey, you know, I have my Ph.D., my Z.D.D., I have my F.D.D., I have this, I have that. You know, uh, man, I've been to a seminary, cemetery, been everywhere, uh, and, and I have, I, I, you know, you can put any name you want to behind me, doctor. I have it. I, I understand. I know what I'm talking about. So Paul, he gives us this four. But then he says in verse 7, because that's what we want to do. We want to be like Paul. We want to pursue. We want to endeavor. We want to strive for achieving something. That's the title of the message. Endeavoring to know God more. Know Jesus Christ more. That's what Paul said. He said, but whatever things were gained to me. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Whatever things were gained to me. Those things I have counted as loss for the sake of Christ. So even though I was a Pharisee of Pharisees, a Hebrew of Hebrews, I persecuted the church, I, I, was, I, I, was, I was looked at as the top up, you know, I'm the, I'm the top of this Pharisee thing. I'm the next up and coming, you know, man. I'm the man that's coming up. But see, I count all those things lost. Do we count all things lost? For the sake of knowing Christ. That's what he says. That's what I want to do. It says, more than that, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them but rubbish. King James might say, dong. So I'm going to count as rubbish so that I may gain Christ. And he's speaking as a Jew, as, as you know. He said, I, I want to gain Christ. I want to gain Christ. Then he says that, now you know he's looking back now. You know that, right? Because Paul's already saying. He's looking back. And he says that, and may be found in him. Not having a righteousness of my own deri derived from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith. That's what it says. That's what it says. Why, Paul, do you want to know Christ more and more and more and more like that? Why do you want to know him that way? Why do you want to know him? Do we want to know Christ more? Or do we think we know him as much as we want to? All it is to know, I know. 
and we def- definitely want to say, all that I care to know, I know. Right? We want to know him more. So that's why I entitled the message, Endeavoring to Know Christ More. I want to be like Paul. But see, Paul was looking back at his background before the Damascus Road. And now he, he is that. But let me tell you, Paul wanted to know Christ more. As we get into it, you'll, you'll see. He wanted to know him more. Well, why did he want to know Paul? Why did Paul want to know Christ more? Why would you want to know Christ more? Why should we want to know Christ more? Yeah. Well, let me give you a couple of ways here, a couple of reasons. One, let's go back to chapter 2. One uh, way in verse 9 is when you know, when you know who Christ is, you say, wow. You say, wow. Verse 9, it says in, in chapter 2, it says, For this reason, meaning that he humbled himself and became obedient to, to the point of death. For this reason, also, God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name. Now, now, why would I want to know somebody like Christ more? Because his name is above every name. In heaven, in earth, under the earth, in the name that you can name. You name the name. And his name is above that name. That's why that they could just speak the name of Jesus to a person who has, let's say, leprosy. Because leprosy is a name, isn't it? At the name of Jesus, the leprosy has to bow. Right? It has to bow. Because his name is above every name. You see? Every name. Cancer, every name. Heart attack, every name. Every name. You know, bad back, every name. You know, scoliosis, every name. Every name. Partial clap long. Every name, I said. Every name, right? Every name. It says that every knee going to bow. He says that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And not only that, Paul knew all that. He's the creator. Nothing was created except through Jesus. Nothing. Nothing. Human beings, we, nobody, nothing. The chair, nothing was created apart from Jesus Christ. Nothing. Jesus never lost a battle. Never. He said, well, yeah, he lost on the cross. That's what, the, that's what Satan thought. But, you know, if he would have known, if they would have known, they wouldn't have persecuted and, and crucified the Lord of glory. You know? That was a victory, wasn't it? That was a victory. We're here today because that, that's why he was sent, to die for the sins of the world. That, that's victory. Victory. Never lost a, a battle. Now, let me give you um, an example. In, I was watching girls' basketball 
in, in uh, on the uh, TV. And there was a, why are you watching girls basketball? I don't like to watch girls play basketball. They can't play. And she played basketball in high school, you know. Uh, but she said, I don't like to watch girls play basketball. Uh, why are you watching girls basketball? I said, because this team, University of Connecticut women's team, they have won uh, at the time, they won like 75 straight games. And they, they matter of fact, they won 90 games and then they lost one back in 2000. Think 14, and then they they were up to now 75 again, and this team of UConn they said well they don't have much talent because they graduated uh, three of the best players who went one two three in the draft for the women's uh, in NBA, and so they're gonna definitely be down. So if you're gonna beat UConn, you better beat them this year. Well, they went 36 and zero. They did. So they were up to 111 victories between the time they lost to Sanford in 2014 and this time they were getting ready to play in the semifinals. And I said, I want to see why are they winning so much. Is it because everybody else can't play? You know, if everybody else can't play, you can win. Right? And you get all the talent and all the people want to come to you. You choose whoever you want to choose and then everybody else get the rest of them and so you beat them up all the time. And see, when you know, when you had little, you know, brothers and sisters and everything, you, you always beat them up. So because they, they, you know, uh, they're too little. And, and it, I don't care if you're a girl, you know, and I, I was the youngest. So my sisters told me what to do. And if I didn't do it, and, you know, what was to me if I didn't do it? Because they were older. They were older. And girls, and when I taught elementary school, girls could outrun the boys. They could beat them in, in arm wrestling. Because they were just, you know, they mature more faster in elementary school. So, so I'm looking ahead to see what is this thing about UConn. So I start looking at them and find out all that. Oh, I see. Oh, I see. So I try to, you know, get to know the, the players. Da 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 da. You know, in the internet through the internet. And by the way, they lost uh, the other night, Friday night. They lost to Mississippi. Uh, in overtime by two points, which is the same thing they lost back in 2014 in overtime by two points. So, uh, uh, so the game national finals come on this Sunday today. And when I say you gonna watch it, I said no, I don't want to see no girls basketball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not because they're girls, it's only because that is uh, you know UConn's not playing. I had a purpose. I want to see. They win so much. Do you know that Jesus Christ never lost a battle? So you don't want to get to know Jesus? Surely if I want to get to know somebody and, and listen, why, why is it that they are winning so much? And that's what I used to do as a, as a, as a, uh, a high school basketball coach is go to the, the people who won the, the uh, state championship the year, that year and see what is it about them that I can draw from. And, and so... What is it about Jesus we can draw from? That's what I read the scripture for over and over and over again. I was like, what is it? Well, how, you, how can you raise this dead like this? But then you, told, you said that uh, these works and greater works that we do, that, well, how are you, why are you saying that? Are you, are you saying that we can do those things? 
How can we do those things? I want to know. I want to know. Surely you can do that, right? Because you want to be. He, he, he is the greatest of the greatest of the greatest. I want to know. I want to know. I want to know him more. And that's what Paul says here. He says that, uh, let's go back to chapter chapter 3. And he, he says that, in verse 10, there's number one now because he's so great. Number two in verse 10 says, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. He wanted to know the power of his resurrection. I want to know him because he's so great. I want to know him because I want to know the power of his resurrection. How he's, can he say that, man, you know, the grave can't keep me down. You know, I raised myself up. God raised him up, didn't he? He raised him up. Could the grave keep him? No. Was he going to suffer decay? No. No. Do you know there's power in resurrection when all of hell is trying to keep you in the grave? Just like with Lazarus. The enemy thought he had him. And Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. What did Lazarus do? Come forth. That's the power of resurrection. And when Mary said, you know, he said, well, yeah, didn't I tell you that he shall live again? I know he's going to live again, Lord. And, and, and on that day, he said, look, uh, he's he going to be raised again. I am res- the resurrection. He is the resurrection. Do you want to know that power? Is it possible, is it just possible that God wants to use you to raise somebody from the dead? Is it possible, it's just a slight possibility? You said, no, it's no possibility. I'm not raising anybody from the dead. They're dead, let them stay dead. And if I die, sweetheart, don't raise me. Oh, no. Well, if Christ wants to raise you raise him. You raise him. Do you know if you go to a foreign, foreign country sometime and, and, and they, they, you see witch doctors and, and all this voodoo and all this stuff and, and they think they can do things and you come over and God says, I want you to raise this person from the dead. Go over there and pray for him. And you say, uh uh-uh, no. Because he might not get up. And then I'm going to be toast. These people are going to which doctors will get me? Uh-uh, I'm not going to do that. Do you know that that's the only way that this whole, this whole village might be saved? Might be saved. When Paul was on this uh, island, uh, and he went to get some wood, and a viper latched on to him when he was trying to throw the wood in the fire, that was for a purpose. It was for a purpose. And he just shook it off, kept pushing. And they were watching him, watching him. Something got to happen to this dude. Something got to happen to him. He's he going to swell up, he's going to die. Something got to happen to him, you know. But when nothing happened to him, they said, oh, man, this, this guy, this is this, 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 this better than I wish they, And so now Paul goes and prays for the, the, you know, the, the, the father of the village and all like that and start doing things. And, man, they're honoring Paul. So I'm telling you that, that we need to know the power of his resurrection. 
And the, how about the fellowship of his suffering? Do you want to know the fellowship of his suffering? Paul wanted to know the fellowship of his suffering. He wanted to, man, I want to participate in this thing. Do you know that the, 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 apostles, when, the, the, the apostles, when they were um, flogged, they went away, you know, rejoicing that they, they were kind of worthy to suffer like Christ. If you're going to suffer anyway, you might as well want to know the, the fellowship of his suffering. Right? Because we're going to suffer. We're going to suffer sometime. We're going to suffer some, something. We're going to suffer. Nothing from a headache. You suffer. I mean, that, that's suffering to me. I don't like no headache. Yeah. Uh, so, but sometimes suffering is because of, of Christ. And being conformed to his death. He said, oh, you don't go on too far, Paul. I don't, want to, I don't want to be conformed to his death. No. If you're not going to be conformed to his death, you're not going to be conformed to his his resurrection. If you don't die with him, you're not going to live with him. We have to identify with what he did on the cross. He died for our sins on the cross. We identify with that. And so now we're seated with Christ in heavenly places because he died for us. And so we participate in that death and we'll participate in the resurrection also. Oh, yeah. Verse 11, in order that I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already attained. You know, not that I have already attained. So he's saying here that, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't look at this thing that, 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 that um, I have already arrived. I'm the big, I'm the big king pen here. No, I haven't already arrived or have attained it or have already become perfect. But I press so that I may lay hold of that which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Wow. Wow. That is cool. That's cool. Do we want to press into God like that? Or do you want to be laid back and let it come to you by osmosis while you're dozing off and taking your siesta, you know, after you done ate too much for lunch, you say, well, you know, it'll come to me. I'll be conformed to Jesus while I'm asleep. No, it's not going to happen that way. Well, how are we going to be, how, how, how are we going to have that type of uh, uh, tenacity, that type of desire? Do you know you had to cultivate a desire? I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't have any, you know, I said, I, I mean, I, I, you know, I hope they win, you know, I hope they don't win, I hope they win. You know, but as you get to know a person more and more and more, you become now more and more attached to that which you are getting to know. You really, you will. I don't care what, what it is. It can be just of the flesh, the world. I don't care what it is. You start, you start reading about something, start getting interested in something, and you'll start developing some emotions about that something, whatever it is. You know? And so my heart was beating fast when they were in overtime. What has my heart been doing? I don't, I don't know them. They don't know me, you know. Because I've been reading about them, you know, that's, that's what happened. Yeah. And he says here, this is how you do it. You've got to cultivate it. got to cultivate it. you got to cover Verse 13. Brother, I do not regard myself as having delayed hold on it. So the, so when, the first thing you've got, you got, you got to be humble. And say, you know, I, I need to know Christ a little bit more. I need to know him more. You see? 
I don't think I know everything. See, I could have said, you know, what do I need to study how they won 111 games? I was a basketball coach before. I know how to win. How, how, many, how many undefeated seasons did you have? None. Oh, did you go uh, 90 games and never lost one? No. Oh, how many state championships you win? None. Oh, you know everything. Hmm. Right? You got to humble yourself, right? And say, Jesus got something I need. He, you know, I read about him, but I need to know him more. I need to know about this. So if it takes you running ahead of him and climbing up on a tree and looking to see who, when he passed by like Zacchaeus did, then, then Zacchaeus did, then do it. Do it. What does it take for you to get to know him better? If it takes to you, say, well, you know, man, this fasting and prayer week, uh, you know, I, I miss uh, lunch, I miss breakfast. I, man, I, I spent more time in the Word. I spent more time in prayer. I've been wanting to do that. Maybe I need to do this a little more so I can get to know him more and more. I don't know what it's going to take, but you can cultivate it if you have humility. You can. Then he said, forgetting that which lies behind. So I don't care whether it's DDD, MFD, you know, uh, what is it, MD, right? I don't care what you have behind your name. You can count it as lost. Forget that this is behind. Forget it. Also, forget the stuff that the enemy tries to bring up in your face all the time. About what you did do, what you didn't do. You should have been a better mother. You should have been a better father. You shouldn't have done this right here. God's never going to love you like he loved Paul so you can forget it because Paul was brought up this way. You were brought up in sin. Forget that stuff. That's under the blood. It's under the blood. And reach. Number three, reach forward to what lies behind. So you got to humble yourself and cultivate those things. Forget what lies behind. Reach forward to what lies ahead. He says, I press towards the goal for the prize. What's the goal of Paul? I want to know him more. I want to know the power of resurrection. I want to know this. And, 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 and he says that for the upward call of, of God in Christ Jesus, so not only is the goal to know God more, Jesus Christ more, but, it, but the prize is too. I want to gain him. I want to lay hold of him because he laid hold of me. I want to lay hold on that which laid hold of me. I want to do that. That's what it says here. I said, oh, my goodness, it's good. It's good. I need to cultivate that. I need to cultivate it. Oh, man, I got to get this to the congregation because man, I need to do it. I think somebody in that congregation might need to, to cultivate more of a desire to know God more. Is it anybody here that want to cultivate that? Yes, it is. I see two hands. Yes, it is. Ha, 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 ha. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Okay, now, l- l- let's go a little further. Here's, a, here's an exhortation to, to others in verse 15, 16, 17. It says, Let us therefore, as many as are perfect, complete, teleos, have this attitude. And if you, and if anything, any of you don't have this attitude, you have a different attitude, God will reveal it to you also. However, let us keep living by the same standard to which we have attained. So, 
So he, he's not saying they haven't attained to it. He's just saying uh, lives to the same standard. Brethren, join in following my example. Can we join in following the, the, the pattern, excuse me, pattern of Paul? Can, can, we, can we do that? That's what he says do. And observe those who walk according to the pattern you have in us. The, the apostles have you know, do that. He says here, um, and, and, you know, the, the, the people, him, Timothy, and all those who were with him, Titus, he says, for many walk of whom I told you, often told you. I didn't tell you one time, I often told you. And how I tell you even weeping that they are enemies of the cross of Christ. There are, there are people who are, who are enemies of the cross of Christ. They don't want to go to the cross. Whose end is destruction, whose God is their appetite, and whose glory is in their shame, who set their minds on earthly things. Wow. I don't want to, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. You say, yes, you do, because you watch UConn women basketball. You set your mind on earthly things. Okay, you eat lunch today. You set your mind on earthly things. Because you're eating. That's the very. Be spiritual. Fast till Jesus come back. <laughs> He'll come back sooner than you think. <laughs> Verse 20. This is, this is how I, I look at this thing. I said, I want to be motivated to do this thing because it says, for our citizenship is in heaven. From which also we eagerly wait for a Savior. For Savior going to come just like he went up. He's coming back. Man, what is you looking at? What are you standing here looking at? Jesus has been isn't taken from you, but he's coming back the same way that you see him. Lift up. He's going to be coming back the same way. He's coming back from heaven. He says that our citizenship is there. We are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Our citizenship is there. Even though we're here on the earth now. Even though we're on the earth. If the police stop you and say, well, hey, um, you got your back light. This he says, look, look. I'm not a citizen of Lynchburg. I'm not a citizen of the United States. I'm not a citizen of this earth. Hey, Come here, buddy. Lock him up. <laughs> Something wrong with him. Right? Something wrong with him. No? So we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't tell anybody. We just, <laughs> we just do it, right? We just do it. And it says, verse 21, who will transform, whoo, I like that, who will transform the body of our humble state into the conformity with the body of his glory by the exertion of the power that he has even to subject all things to himself. Oh, I want to know that power. I want to know, I want to be, I want to be conformed to his image. I want to be transformed, just body to be transformed, so I have a body that can walk through walls. You know, I can, you know, I say, well, hey, hey, let's go over to Jupiter. And then we say, well, we're already here because we just think it and we're there. You know, don't you know that Jesus could do that? He could do that. He did it with Philip, didn't he? Philip come out of, out of the water with the eunuch, and then uh, Philip, whew, gone. Right? God translates him. You, you better believe in that because you don't want to be like they will throw Jesus over the cliff and then he just walked in front of the midst of them. How did he do that? They pick up stones to stone him and he's just gone. How did he do that? Because you, you, know, you want to do that. You want, to, you want to be, don't you want to be able to do that? You might need to do it. I mean, Jesus won't do it all the time. But see, 
you might need to do that. It was, it was, it was, it was, it was um, I heard a testimony about a, a man of God, and he was, he was in a car, and, and the car was going here, and, and you know how you go driving, two-lane highway, two-lane, one going this way, one coming this way, and somebody passed somebody on the yellow line, and here he come, boop, right there. He didn't have time to go left, didn't have time to go right, and head-on collision, death, or God's going to have to do something. You know what, is it, what, 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 what he said? He says that all of a sudden, the car and me and the people in it just became like, you know, sails, like crystal. And the car, boom, went through us. And then we came right back to solid and went on. I said, "Woo! Oh God, let that happen to me! If, if that, if if, if I, I don't want to, do you want to get hit head on? I wouldn't either. But suppose you don't believe in miracles like that. You say, I don't want to know that stuff. I don't want to know Christ, you know, like that. I want to, I don't want to, I don't want to press into Him like that. People think I'm a fanatic. I don't want to press in and be like Paul. How many of you women would have looked for a husband like Paul? You say, I don't want no husband like Paul." That dude, that dude was crazy, man. He was fanatic. He had me going to church every day. <laughs> Let's stand. We'll do chapter four next week. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com. Contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.